0: Praise God for Calm, so peaceful to listen to that beautiful singing, and then you have to hear my voice. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael, and guess who's with me?
1: Lou Savala, here.
0: Alright, we have gathered together this week to tell you that you have to walk before you can run. Come on. Yes.
1: It only makes sense, but...
0: <laughs> you would think it would only make sense, but... What we are talking about, you're going, how does this relate to theology, dude? It's easy. We are talking about the Ordo Salutis.
1: Oh, man. Got yes, we are
0: breaking out the Latin. Yeah. <laughs> which is not to be confused with the Latin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get in rhythm here in a minute. It's okay. No, we are talking about the order of salvation, what we've affectionately known in theology as the Ordo Salutis. So, before we do anything else... I think we should answer the question you just asked yourself. You said self. Self. What is the order of salvation? What is it? So here's what we're going to do. You ready? There is a decree from God. That decree includes your predestination, your election, all that good stuff, all under a subhead. There is a calling from God. This is your general call of salvation to all men and your specific call of salvation to his elect ones. See how that works? You then have for his elect the regeneration. Yes, we put that first. Then you have faith and repentance. I'm putting an and there because I'm not going to haggle with you if you want to tell me it's repentance and faith. I'm not going to haggle because they both occur post-regeneration. So I think it's faith and then repentance, but both are post-regeneration, so we'll put them on the same line. After that faith and repentance, you are justified and adopted. Those are not two separate lines. You are justified and you are adopted by God. We're done here. That's, that's your system. There's no we got adopted and then 20 minutes later we got justified or we got justified and then the papers have to be filed with the clerk of court. No, you are justified, you're adopted, there you go. Then you begin the process of perseverance and sanctification. They too get an and because they walk and work together. You are sanctified while you are persevering. You are persevering while you are being sanctified. Welcome to the Holy Spirit in your life. This is why perseverance is part of the order of salvation. That pesky, you know, third person of the Trinity Holy Spirit guy. And then finally, you die or Jesus has returned, in which case you are
1: glorified. glorified. You enter into
0: glorification. So rapid fire. God decrees, God calls, God regenerates, God grants you faith. Thereby, because of your faith, you repent. God then justifies and adopts you by the power of his Holy Spirit. He preserves and sanctifies you. And in the end, by his might of his right hand, he glorifies you. Any questions? I'll wait. I don't hear any questions. Do you hear any questions? I don't don't hear any either. Okay, if you do have questions, info at practicaltheologyministries.com. We'll be glad to answer them and tell you why you're wrong. Because that's what we do in Christian love. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in all seriousness, if you'd like to see a scripture verse on this, read your Romans 8. It will do you good. You kind of get the little walkthrough, which is basically what Paul gives. All right. Now, real quick, because this is going to come up. Well, I'm an Arminian. And, okay, I can't give him that voice. I can't give the whiny nasal voice to the Arminians, can't I? That's not charitable, is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we well, that's
1: the give... voice I hear in my head, but... Uh... Well,
0: okay, but we're going to be nice. So, you know, so if I'm the Arminian and I think that faith and repentance comes before regeneration, and I think it goes repentance, faith, regeneration, am I a heretic? hmm mm-hmm.
1: So you said faith before <laughs> repentance?
0: If I say repentance, then faith, then regeneration, which a good classic Arminian would say, you ready? I'm going to be big tent guy here. You're not a heretic. I think you're wrong and you misunderstand your scriptures, but I do not think you are damned to hell. Right. Okay?
1: That's where I was hoping you were going with this. <laughs> <laughs> Who was worried? Like, we
0: Are we breaking out the holy water and the pitchforks and torches? Yeah. No, no, we're not doing that. Although I may wish to on occasion, we are not. You are not a heretic if you would like to haggle over these things. The important thing is that they are all in there. I am going to argue from what I think is a classically reformed perspective, which is the theology that I hold, which will tell you regeneration faith, and then repentance. If you would like to flip those in your brain and call me a mean old bad man on the radio, then you are allowed to do that. I say radio like anybody listens to a radio anymore. If you want to yell at your phone and call me a bad person, you can. We're okay. We will get to heaven. You will see that you were wrong, and then you will repent, and it will be all okay. Lou is shaking his head on your behalf. <laughs> all, right. all of that to oh, say...
1: My goodness.
0: Do we have a devotion that's going to help us walk through this concept? And I think we do. Yeah, I'd agree. So we're going to read Matthew chapter 13. We're going to read it once... And then we're going to bullet point it as we go through, all right? That way I don't have to keep scrolling on my computer screen to keep coming back to it because I'm that petty and lazy. So Matthew 13, verses 18 through 23. (laughs) Hear then the parable of the sower. No, I'm not reading the original parable because the original parable is in the explanation. If you just like are offended right now, you can go read Matthew 13 at home. It will do you good. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. The one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, we have four seeds, if I'm counting correctly. Excuse me. So, my trivia question for Lou, you ready? We're going to put Lou on the spot now. Ta-da. How many believers do we have out of the three seeds? I mean, actual saved believers. People who you will fellowship with in heaven. One. See, I agree with Lou. One is the loneliest number that you ever knew. <laughs> yep. We will break out the three-dog night if it will get you to pay attention. All right, here's why I say this. The seed sown by the road, verse 19. The person hears, doesn't get it. This is obviously an unbeliever. Like, you preach the gospel, and they blinked three three times and then reset the mechanism and walked away. This is, um, in contrast, or the explanation you get is kind of Ephesians 4, right? So I say this and affirm together with the Lord that you no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. This is the seed sown along the road, hard-hearted, not listening, not getting it, walking in darkness. They, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. See, they can't just be impure. they got to be impure and be greedy about it. That's not good. That's that not is good. never, ever good. Now we have verse 20 and 21, or verses 20 and 21. Mm. <clears> throat> My throat doesn't want to cooperate suddenly. The seed on the rocky places, they hear. And then they receive with joy. They too are an unbeliever, though. Why they did not walk in accordance? Galatians two twenty. Right. I have Christ. been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved Himself, loved me, and gave Himself for me. See, this is what we mean. Has no firm root in Himself. Is only temporary. Affliction and persecution arises, and he immediately falls away. See, this is the exact opposite of what Peter exhorted the church to do. And if you don't like the Peter reference, um, you can check James 1. You can check Luke 6, Luke 12, Luke 13. You can check Romans 5. But I'm partial to 1 Peter 1. It's just the one I like the best. But you can read any of the other ones you'd like, and you'll get the exact same message. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while... And by the way, that this is the gospel that he just described. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Why have you been distressed by various trials, you may ask? So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but you believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. This is your perseverance and sanctification.
1: right.
0: See, here's the fun part. If nothing bad ever happened to me, would I be sanctified? If I don't have any trials or opportunities to express my faith, would I actually be sanctified?
1: Well, I think sanctification is uh, is is being set apart for something. So um
0: how will I know I've been set apart?
1: Right. People are going to hate you like they hated Christ. John You're, fifteen. Right. I mean they're they're John just, sixteen. Yes. I mean <laughs> I, I definitely think there's some validity to what you just said. Um,
0: this, this is how this works. Think about it. We, we made this joke on Sunday. Well I say "we." Like I, the, me and the voices in my head made this joke on Sunday. Oh. and four out of five voices in my head say, "Go back to sleep," but I never listened to any of them, so you're, you're safe then. you're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, this is the joke you made on Sunday, though. Why don't you pray for patience? Like why do you? Why doesn't anyone who's ever been a Christian for more than twenty minutes go never pray for patience? Because how does God grow your patience?
1: Yeah, you, you find yourself in tests and trials tar and
0: are out of you. Yes. Why don't you pray for God to work on your anger problem? No, that's how we do this. God, take my anger away from me. It's never God help me overcome my anger. Because if God just takes it from me, I'm good. But if God's going to help me overcome it, what's He got to do? Got to send me people to right. make me angry. Right they t- They make me want to sin and strangle them. did I say that out loud no i I don't own swampland in Louisiana anywhere that I can bury the bodies i promise
1: oh ho' oh, oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: vouch for the va- for the raised right hand yeah,
1: he, <laughs> he, yeah, he <laughs> promised. <laughs>
0: This is why you don't make these prayers, because this is how sanctification works. This is why perseverance is also a part of the Ordo Salutis. You must persevere to the end to be saved. This is what Jesus told you about your persecution. He who perseveres to the end will win his soul. Not because you have been awesome, but because by you making it to the end of the race, you have proven that the Holy Spirit dwelt in you and carried you to the end. This, This is why we tell you, read Dead Guys. Dead Guys can't disappoint you. As long as I'm drawing (laughs) breath, the possibility still exists that I will wander away and disappoint you. Right. Which is why you should always read, listen, and hear everything that I say with a Bible and with a grain of salt. Because tragedy upon tragedy, I could be wrong about things. This is why I don't call the Arminians I disagree with heretics. Because I admit, I think I'm right. I wouldn't believe it if I didn't think I was right. But I am open to the possibility, Mm. as remote and small as it may be, that I am wrong about some things. Wow. (laughs) Aren't I gracious and humble? Yes, you See, are. See, there's Moses and then there's me.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That is quite a bar you've set.
0: <laughs> now, keep in mind, this is one of my favorite Bible trivia things. Who's the person that wrote that Moses was the most humble man that ever lived?
1: Well, he did. Moses
0: did. That's my favorite Bible thing. It's like, <laughs> Moses sitting there writing to you, going, I am the most humble man that ever lived. But he does it in third person. <laughs> <laughs> like you never thought about that before, did you? Be like, well, oh, yeah, so I You yeah. know what I better include? I better include that I was more humble than everybody else. <laughs>
1: that's, that's great.
0: So so I'm following the example of my Bible by claiming my humility. <laughs> <laughs> and if amazing. you don't know how clearly we're jesting right now, then yeah. I'm sorry. You need to get a sense of humor. Right. And, you know, and you're listening to the wrong thing. I'm just telling you that right now because this this is kind of how we roll. But this is why perseverance is important. Because by persevering to the end, we demonstrate that the Holy Spirit has been at work. Not me. Him. Not my overcoming my anger and my lack of patience or my lack of humility, but him Mm -hmm. working in me, carrying me to the end. This is Paul's cry at the end of Romans 7, wretched man that I am, Mm -hmm. who will free me from this body of death?
1: Oh, man, that's a good passage.
0: But now, what does it lead you right into? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then what does he do? He then expounds on perseverance, how you walk through trials and tribulations when you need to. It's
1: a process.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean, it's... It's like purifying something, that. you know what I mean? You, you have a process. You have to, to walk through these things. You have to think about it, you know, and ask the Lord to help you through these things.
0: Now, this is the other reason this is important. None of these have exit ramps. And what I mean by that is, once the decree from God has gone out, you're getting to glorification if you are of his elect. You're getting there. If you are his, if you have been justified, You will persevere, and you will be sanctified, which is, again, why we say four seeds. I almost had the wrong hand going. Four seeds, Mm -hmm. one believer. So let's keep going, because this is the one people would argue with us about. Okay. Verse 22, seed among thorns. They hear, they react with joy, but what happens? They're choked choked by worry, and they don't produce any fruit. See, this is an unbeliever, and the reason that I say this is an unbeliever are passages like Matthew chapter 6. The Gentiles seek after all these things. What are these things? Clothes, food. Clothes and fooding. Wow. Yeah. How's that for...
1: I would have let it slide, but yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Clothing and food. How about that? Here it is. Food and clothing. That's what I want. All right. wow. Gentiles seek after all of those things. But your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble for itself, or of its own, as the NASB translates Mm -hmm. it. More importantly, if you are so worried about the world that you are neglecting your walk with God, you are neglecting your sanctification, you are neglecting your persevering work, you are not rejoicing in your justification and your adoption, what do you love?
1: You love yourself. You love this is money. The you, you know, you love the, the material things in life.
0: It's almost like there's a Bible verse about not serving two masters. <laughs> like, almost. Yeah,
1: it's written down somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. They, they
0: put that somewhere in a book. I'm fairly Something about God and money. And, yeah. I, I think that's in there. Read First Timothy, it'll do you good. First <laughs> <laughs> uh, John 2 will also do you some good. Uh, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is, catch this, not in him. If the love of the Father is not in you, then you are not His Son. You are not adopted. If you are not adopted, you are not justified. If you are not justified, you have not exib- exhibited true uh, repentance. If you have not exhibited true repentance, it is because you do not have saving faith. If you do not have saving faith, it is because you have not been regenerated. If you have not been regenerated, it is because you have not been called. And if you have not been called, it is because you have not been decreed to be called.
1: <laughs> wow. You need to take a breath there. Yeah, exactly. Here you go. All
0: breathing is so overrated. Yeah. Who oxygen. So. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. This is not from the Father, but it is from the world. The world is passing away, and so are its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Perseverance again. By doing the will of God, I live forever. No, my works don't save me. That's not what I just said. Because I am saved, I do the works and will of God. Romans 12, I'm discerning the will of God and See, applying that to my life. There's
1: that theme of uh, an order of salvation. It's
0: almost it's like theme. this stuff makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, you, you don't walk in the ways of God, you know, thinking that that is what's going to save you. It's like, ding, 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 I'm ding, saved. Ding. God graciously gave me salvation. He called me out. and saved me. Now I need to walk in the ways that he prepared for us in advance because we love him.
0: See, and notice what's unfruitful in that parable. It's not the man. It's the seed. Right. So can the gospel be put in you, the Holy Spirit indwell you, and you bear no fruit? I don't think so. No. I think you can bear a little fruit. Some will bear more than others. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But I don't think it's possible that the Holy Spirit is walking around inside of you looking at your sin and being like, oh, this is, this is nasty. But, you know, we'll, we'll let it slide this week.
1: It's interesting how they use fruit and trees, as, you know, to convey something in the scriptures. Christ says a tree is known by its fruits.
0: One of Jesus' parables is what happens when the tree is unproductive? What does the landowner want to do? He wants to throw it into the fire. Right. What happens? Well, give it one more year. We'll dig around it. If it doesn't produce any fruit then, then we'll throw it in the fire. See, there's the patience of your evangelism and God showing you mercy throughout your life. But you're not producing any fruit even though you've heard the gospel. You know what that means? Fire. Now, 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 (laughs) now.
1: You should see this guy dancing. (laughs) Fire.
0: There you go. So, last but not least, the seed on the good soil. He hears. He understands. He believes. Touchdown. Touchdown. This is good news, right? This is how it's supposed to work. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. There's your perseverance again. No one will snatch them out of my hand. There's your sanctification again. And my Father who has given to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And in this case, it is no longer the loneliest number. I don't have a song for that, so you're just going to have to go with it. Um you also see this in John 6. What is, what is uh, Jesus telling the crowds? The will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing. nothing, but I raise it up on the last day. This is where your fruit of the Spirit really comes into play, right? Holy Spirit is at work. You are there. You are producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all that good stuff. But notice the differentiation even in the parable. It bears fruit, brings forth, a hundredfold, 60, 30. Mm-hmm. Not everybody gets to go be Billy Graham. Right. Not everybody gets to go be John Calvin or Martin Luther. You get sometimes you get to be the dude who lives in his little village and works his field and raises his family, and no one will know your name, but God right. does.
1: Right, right, and, and and I often I often come across that. You know, why do I need discipleship? Who am I going to disciple? You know, chances are you're married, maybe you have children, maybe you're a son, maybe you have brothers and sisters. You have a field to work in. There's someone. Yes, there's always going to be someone.
0: And if there isn't, find a church because you know it's in a church. I'm reliably informed that there are people in churches. Oh. <laughs> I have this on good authority. Yeah. Like, And so when you get to the church and you see the people, you know what you're seeing? People in need of discipleship. I guarantee you there is someone in that congregation who is willing to talk to you. I promise you. They're Christians. They're actually nice people if you give them a chance. So go talk to them you will see this and what you will then begin to see is that you have been given opportunity because you have that option now to walk that faithfulness and give them wisdom and biblical counsel because you're around the people so it's not your family you're a part of the family of god and i'll stop singing like walter Matthau because that's never a good thing <laughs> <laughs> excuse me so all of that said this is how we relate generally to the order salutis. I think you can demonstrate the necessity for all of the steps. Without all of those steps that we have mentioned, decree, calling, regeneration, faith and repentance, justification and adoption, perseverance and sanctification, and glorification, if I say it enough times, it will eventually sink in there, into your head and mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the re- in order to have those things, this, the, with, with, I'm sorry, without those things, this parable doesn't make any sense. If at any point one of those things is missing from the, least, the list, the parable's gone. So that's one of the reasons why we use this verse to kind of help walk you through. The other reason is it shows you how seriously God takes the work of salvation. I mean, these are people are reacting. Three of the four are reacting. Only one is saved. Um, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Hmm. I don't know where that just came from. But well, yeah, that just that's, that's Matthew 7. in there, right? Same thing. With this going on, you have people reacting to the gospel call, but they are not saved. That's why we need a decree. You have people walking, but not producing fruit. That's why we need perseverance. You have people pretending. That's why we need justification and regeneration. See, all of these things are a necessity. Right. Why is this a big deal? Well, we're going we're gonna to deal with some lies of the world because they're never new. Have, has, have you noticed this yet?
1: Right. There's nothing new under the sun. None of the lies mm-hmm. of
0: the world are ever new. Right. Like, why can't you just be a good person? Like, why can't you? I actually had this argument the other day with somebody on Twitter. Oh, my. Yes, I got in a Twitter argument. I was bored, and I was I had nothing to do. And so I actually argued with this woman who was complaining about, I don't even remember how she got started, but it something about, um, oh, incest. That's what she complained was. She couldn't believe in a god that would ordain incest for people to reproduce. So I asked her, I said, I guess, I'm guessing you're talking about Cain and Seth and where they got their, their wives from. But more importantly, before we get there, why is incest bad? Why? That's why I asked her that. Uh And she's like, what, you need me to tell you? Like, you just know incest is bad? No, no, no. I do know incest is bad, but I want you to explain to me objectively why it's bad. And she called me a pedophile. (laughs)
1: She actually called you a pedophile?
0: (laughs) Well, she hinted at it. I guess that would be a more fair thing to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this, this this is the problem with discourse. She has no basis for her belief in law and why it is what it is. She's just decided. She is the authority, which leads us to the old ancient heresy of Pelagius. You're going, whoa, we just made a jump. No, no, we didn't. No, no, this is pretty close. (laughs) We're right here because this was, Pelagius is the the grandfather of what we call the moral example theory of the atonement. That what Jesus is really giving you is this run through. It's like a video game walkthrough that you watch on YouTube. Like, I can't beat this level. Someone show me how. And that's what Jesus did. He came through, beat the level, put it on YouTube. So now when you're stuck, you have somewhere to go to figure out what you did wrong. You can be
1: moral. Right, and he's you can not be upright. He's not the atoning no. sacrifice for our sins.
0: You don't need an atoning sacrifice right. for your sins. You can be good. Right. You can do it. You have the ability. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Come on, man! Those
1: references that you—those you know, movie <laughs> references—I can see Waterboy playing out in I my am head. A
0: fount of useless information. Now go ahead and ask me for Bible verses, and I'll be like, ah. But yeah, ask me for useless '80s, '90s—you know—some '70s music and bad movies, and I am your man. You're we the are, man. We huh? are good. But no. So this is the problem. He's denying what we call original sin, which this right. is what Augustine would later defend and really codify for Christianity, is this concept of falling in Adam, the idea of federal headship. Yes. The, which I don't think is original with Augustine. I think it's biblical, because this is the argument that Paul makes in, in Romans 4, is that you have the salvation from, you have salvation in Abraham, not from Abraham, but the, or rather the salvation of Abraham by faith, because you have a second Adam in Christ, So in the first Adam, all fall. In the second Adam, all who are justified are redeemed. You have the same argument being made by Paul. I said Romans 4, right? That is the right chapter, isn't it? I don't think that's Romans 5. If it's not, read the book of Romans. It will do you good. Good, yeah. So in the original sin would tell you you have an incapacity of human mind and will. What we call, one of my favorite doctrinal names, the noetic effect, effect of, of the fall. fall. Yeah. Your brain, how you think, how you operate, what your moral standard is, is broken. Right. If you don't believe me, turn on the television for like a minute, I dare you. Yeah. Watch the news and tell me what it looks like out there. Yeah. It's a disaster. Yeah. Now, the reason we go back to just is Augustine argued with him. Council of, oh, I hate when they Orange. go out of my head like that. Council of Orange 525 yeah. Yeah. condemns this as a heresy. You don't see Pelagianism again on a large organized scale until what? The 1600s with Arminius? Oh, ap- ap-
1: yeah. Oh, I'm forgetting that church history already. Yeah,
0: it's, it's arguing with me right now. You, you won't see his theology really organized well again until Arminius. And the, with the uh, the five points of the remonstrance, and that's where you get the five points of Calvinism, and then you get all sorts of fun things that move from that to now. Arminius is not a Pelagian. I'm not calling him a heretic. Pelagius is a heretic. If you're a Pelagian, boot to the fire. You you gone. You gone. Mm. <laughs> Arminian's not heretics. so we are Arminians. I don't mean, we're not Arminians, Arminians. I want to make sure we draw that distinction. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the view of the example theory, and the, ne- and the lack of necessity for an actual atonement or an actual regeneration. See, even an Arminian will tell you you need that. I got an alarm going off. I forgot to mute. Look at me being crazy and silly. Be quiet. Why are you making noise? There we go. No, why are you doing that? Sorry, my phone is arguing with me, and it won't stop. There we go. I won. <laughs> See the stress I have to operate under? It's uh-huh. terrible. I am my own worst enemy here. <clears throat> no, what we're talking about with Pelagius is the lack of a need for regeneration or justification right. you have that in you if you would just walk rightly what would walking rightly look like? that would be your 1 Corinthians 11 your Ephesians 5 where you're following after Christ and you know how to walk because Christ walked that way I would agree with that providing you have been regenerated and justified right. Pelagian theology would say no Welcome to the world's philosophy. Lou, are people good?
1: I think we can look around and see that they're not. Yeah, I think...
0: <laughs> see, it's not just the noise. It's the face that accompanies the noise.
1: Oh, this is great comic relief, guys. Um, if you have a stressful day, just sit down and talk to Michael. You will be fine <laughs> minutes after. Um,
0: no, but, but, but I... See, oh, we, this should be a new segment. I need to get theme music. We're going to play devil's advocate. Okay. But, Lou, human society universally agrees that murder is bad. We universally agree that, like, rape is wrong and that you shouldn't steal people's money. See, Uh,
1: we're good. Right. Um, I I think they're borrowing from another worldview, to be honest with you.
0: No, no, no. Human society, we evolved this way. Right. (laughs) The look
1: I just... Yeah, I mean... (laughs) That I mean, the part that you talk about rape and murder, and and, and these things are all things that are components that can come in and out as being absolutes or not absolutes in different worldviews. If you live in a part of the world where if you're strong enough to take what you want, that means raping and killing, that's fine.
0: It's a Viking motto, right? Burn, rape, and pillage.
1: Right. I mean... So I mean, the this, absolutes in a world without God or the, the scriptures? This is
0: why I asked that woman, explain to me why incest is wrong. See, I can. you can give me genetic arguments. You can give me, you know, husbands or fathers and daughters and, you know, a child abuse arguments. You can give me all those you want. Ultimately, you have to get back to an objective standard. And the objective standard is that God has commanded that this not be done. Now you can give the reasons why God has commanded, but the ultimate reason is God has commanded that this is not good and therefore it should not occur. So it is a violation of God's decree and ordination of humanity. That's why it wasn't a problem before that, because before that it wasn't a violation of God's decree. And I could give you reasons why genetic material and all that good stuff, but we don't need to go into that right now. That is not the point. We have to get back to an objective reality. And the objective reality is that in Adam, we see sin. Right. We see sin in every single person from that point forward.
1: And it it talks in terms of entering into the world. Through Adam, Mm -hmm. sin entered into the world.
0: And thereby infects everyone. Right. And that is why Christ came. See, if we were capable of living a good and moral life, we don't need a Savior. Right. we just need a better smack in the back of the head right. Christ, this is where the cosmic child abuse argument comes in beautifully I mean what is the purpose of the death and suffering the suffering and death of the Messiah if he's not accomplishing anything but going here guys, live like me, ow live like I did, ow endure your suffering, ow I mean if that's all it is as an example what is it accomplishing Yeah. I didn't need that I, I, don't, I don't need that testimony you just tell me, hey, do good
1: I think it's so much more than that. The Bible talks in terms of Christ was the the Lamb of God that was slain mm-hmm. before the foundations of oh, the earth, agreed. before we did anything good or th- anything evil. Just just like we were talking about Jacob and Esau earlier today. You know, before one did anything, before he was even born, it says that God loved Jacob and hated Esau. Let's see,
0: this is now this is important. You're asking, why are you laboring this point? Like, we get it. Pelagius is a bad guy. You're not condemning the Arminians, so why are you laboring this? See, this is where we move forward a little bit. Where does this leave the understanding of the Christian gospel in the general context of the world? And this is why this matters, because Christian, this is the world you live in. This is the world you are making disciples in, that you are evangelizing in, that you are yourself being sanctified in. How often do we present the gospel in the bare minimum terminology? And I think the answer is way, 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 way too often. If you'd like more on this, listen to the mere mere podcast I did on mere Christianity and heretics a couple of, what, two weeks ago. It'll be good for you. Walks through some of the same idea. We have to actually walk through what God is doing and why he is doing it. Hold on one second. <clears throat> microphone trying to argue with me there we go now it's working again right I can the little little bar I'm looking at it can tell all of a sudden it's getting a little lighter there and so yes I, I, don't, I can't use the headphones because if I do that I can't hear Lou as well well I mean not as much but I, then the problem is I hear me and that's even the bigger problem so yes I'm using the computer to gauge as we go so sometimes it works really well sometimes it doesn't mm-hmm. such joy you smack it and it works again yeah smack it around be glad I muted it before I smacked it otherwise you know things explode in your phones and that's never a good thing When we call people to Christ, we are not calling them to invite Jesus into their heart. We are not calling them to live a better life. We are not calling them to be moral and upright people. We are willing and bidding them to come and die and work in service to the kingdom of God, not this world. We are asking them to forsake friends and family, to walk differently. Excuse me. We are calling them to be transformed, to be turned from their sin, and then to actively walk in such a way that they are turning from their sin. We are calling them to a world that is much bigger than, don't you want to follow Jesus today? And you, can, you can tell I've, I've heard that presentation a few too many times in, in churches. Beyond just that... <clears throat> Where does this leave the vast majority of the people who are quote-unquote Christian? Because, uh, what was it, it Barna's church group? Somebody did the survey the other day. We're down to less than 20% of professing Christians claim to have a biblical worldview.
1: 20%. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah, Barna does pretty good surveys. Which means what we're really
0: down to is about 20% of Christians are actually christians
1: yeah that means the rest of them are nominal you know their name only they were born into it they have no idea what the gospel teaches and preaches and the concept of dying to self and and
0: you mean like the seed that was planted and sprout and you know tried to spring up but then was choked out by the world
1: absolutely that sounds exactly like what we're talking about here
0: this is what we have filled our churches with and this is the problem because we have not done the hard work of discipleship of ourselves and of our members and of our fellow Christians. We have not been willing to have the hard conversations about what is regeneration? What does it actually accomplish? And what does it actually demand of me? Mm -hmm. I mean, never forget, when Jesus calls you, he says, take my yoke upon you.
1: My yoke is easy.
0: My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did Did you catch the important parts of that, though? There's still a yoke and there's still a burden just because it's not hard to deal with doesn't mean it doesn't exist you are there to work work is not a for well it is a four letter word in english but it's not like one of those four letter words in english mm-hmm. if you catch what i'm saying it is good it was ordained before the fall it is ordained after the restoration and revelation there's garden there's river there's there's stuff to do worship all of these things are active participating Aspects of humanity. They are things that we do for God, for one another, in his kingdom. If you're not, and if you have no desire to go to church, you have no desire to study the scriptures, you have no desire to pray, you have no desire to be around fellow Christians, you have no desire to be sanctified, you have no desire to be different from the world, you have no desire for any of these things, something wrong. Yeah. I got some really bad news for you. Right. It starts with phi and ends with er. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> and this becomes the problem. Why? Because one of two things has happened. You've either bought the lie of the world, or you were never actually redeemed. Either way, you know what the cure for that is? Repent, trust in the saving work of Christ, and walk differently. Because if you're capable of actual biblical repentance, then you have been regenerated. In which case, this is your scenario that you have been struggling with. Repent and walk. The Holy Spirit will see you through. I trust that because he's the Holy Spirit and that's what he does. He's really awesome at his job. Why? Because he's God. And if it's not be- and if it's not because that's your scenario that you're working on, it's because you've never believed and you now need to believe with fresh eyes. You need to be, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, regenerated. Born again in order to see the kingdom of God. And therefore, you will then have a justification because you will have been given faith, you will have repented, you will have been adopted by God, and then you will walk, as I throw my notes and catch my clipboard, you will then walk that persevering road in sanctification. Carnal Christianity is out the window. Minimalistic gospel calls are out the window if we understand what salvation actually entails. We have a work and a duty. We have a God who has ordered and set things in such a way so that they will, catch that, will be accomplished. Not might be. No. Will be, which is why decree of God is part of the order of salvation. Right
1: king has spoken.
0: Uh, it's amazing how that works, isn't yes. it? Uh, Every time he says stuff, things happen. They happen, right. And they always manage to happen in the way he wants them. It's almost like he's God or something. Right. It's, it's, um, right. It's, it's astounding. I just can't figure this out. It's amazing
1: out. how he can work with people <laughs> that are so broken. It and and still days. accomplish his will.
0: Because this is how he accomplishes things. He does this. Like whether it's like the children of Israel are delivered, from exod- are delivered from Egypt in the Exodus by what? The power of his hand. He moves, he wills, he accomplishes. Christian, nothing has changed. Yeah. If you are saved, it is because he has willed, he has moved, and he has accomplished. Therefore, you will be sanctified because he has willed, he has moved, and he will accomplish. And right. if you're not being sanctified, today is the day to start because he will accomplish. So lean in. Be discipled, take up the yoke, do the hard work, follow after Christ, bear the cross, all those things. Was that like eight Bible verses mentioned right there? At least. All of those things. Follow after him. Now, have we missed anything?
1: No, I think we've covered it. Wow.
0: So there you go. The order of salvation. I thought we wouldn't get through it all today. Go team.
1: Go team. You did it. So
0: what have we learned today, children? God is a God of order and of logic. He has laid this out and scripture backs that up. Our road is just that. A means by which we travel. He has laid it out. He has decreed it and called us to walk on it, correct? Correct. All right. We cannot get off of God's highway and expect to arrive safely. Right. Read Pilgrim's Progress. It'll do you good. It kind of explains this concept really well. And if you don't like that, watch the movie. It's still pretty good. It's not the same as reading it, but it's okay. You can be the ugly American and watch the movie. I won't be mad at you. I mean, if you get off the road, then you're no longer traveling the highway. These are the choked out seeds. These are the unbelieving ones. Our goal is to be the believing ones. So, questions, comments, complaints, conundrums, any other things that begin with a hard k- sound, send them. Info <laughs> at com. We will waterboard Lou until he answers every single one of them.
1: <laughs> right. Waterboarding.
0: <laughs> We're, it's a new thing. We're going to use the baptistry. Nice. The double. We've got to get some use out of yeah, that. Multitasking. Thing. Yeah, multitasking. There you go. Um, in, all, in all seriousness, so if you send us something, we will respond. Uh, check out the website, practicaltheologyministries.com. There you can find the journal. We are efforting to get you uh, July's caught up and get you August out by the end of the month. We, uh, we might be on track to do that and get, on, get finished by the end of the year. Uh, hopefully a new resource next week. I am efforting and working on a new thing that I haven't even told Lou about, and I'm not going to tell him about it until it's, until it's almost ready so that he can evaluate the finished product. Oh, good. I've got something new. My, trying to teach theology with a hint of humor. Can't imagine why I would want to do that, could you?
1: Uh, <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> right. I, I
0: ran this by some other people and said I have the best bad idea ever, and they agreed with me that it is a bad idea, but it, it's like a bad 80s movie. It's so bad, it's good. Oh, boy. So this idea was so bad, it went all the way around the scale and came back to good, so we're working on it. And hopefully next week we'll actually get it—at least some of it—figured out and get you to enjoy some snippets of good theology in a humorous way. So, uh, all right, consume that when we get it to you. We should be back at some point. We gotta—we gotta start diving into pneumatology and and the doctrines of soteriology and all this stuff we get to dive into even more in the coming weeks as we continue to kind of walk through our systematic theology. Heretics are not going away, so I'm going to keep going with that stuff. Yes. And again, you are welcome to worship with us if you would like to join us in purpose. In, in purpose. Uh-huh. In purpose. I don't think it works that way. person. Maybe you have to join us on a porpoise. In a porpoise? No, on. If you're in, an you didn't survive because he ate you. Isn't that? Right, or, right. No, in person. Uh, We are here in Rockford, Illinois. You are welcome to stop by on a Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. Central Daylight Time, which is minus 6 UTC. I've looked it up so many times, I now know that, which is sad. But anyway, it is what it is. If you can't, you can join us here on Podbean. If you don't like Podbean, you can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. We are, like, everywhere. Wow. Yeah, go team. Um, There you go. That's everything. So until you hear from us again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.